Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, The Foolishness of the Christian Faith. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews 11.29. Now here's our Bible teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. What a privilege it is to come to your house on this Lord's day, not to look upon ourselves, but to look upon you, to consider your mighty deeds, to look into your everlasting word, a word that reveals our problem and also reveals solution to that problem. Lord, we pray that you humble us this morning. Open our ears that we may hear your mighty and powerful word. Word that will help us. Word that will heal us. Word that will comfort us. Word that will convict us of our sins. Word that will cause us to repent and forsake all our sins and turn to the living God that we may be saved. We come before you, O God, as weary people. Give us rest. We come to you as sick people. Heal us, O God. Lord, we come to you as stupid people. Teach us your ways. Humble us, O Lord. May we see you and be humbled. Speak to us comforting words. Truly, we hunger and thirst for God, for the living God. Help us to eat. Help us to drink. Help us to be sustained by you. We refuse to trust in money and human power. We trust in you. And you are our God. And we are your people. And you love us with an everlasting love. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You are with us now. We are gathered in your name. Therefore, O oh God, we are all years. Speak to us. Your servants do hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I was wondering about what do we do in this church? There are churches all around us. They entertain. Well, if you want entertainment, you watch movies, you watch television. You go to sports stadium. You go to movie theater. You go and play golf. I just read in Wall Street Journal, India is uh, discovering golf. Apparently, they are making money. What do we do here? One thing, we do not entertain you. You can find entertainment every place else here. We declare God's word. We declare the truth that we are sinners. We are guilty sinners. We are under the wrath of God. And God loves sinners. And he saves sinners on the basis of their faith in Jesus Christ alone, who died for our sins on the cross. We were talking to a pastor recently who knows about a church in Northern California. I wanted to know something about that church. I said, it is founded by a pastor who believes in open theism. Doesn't that sound pretty nice? Anybody knows what it is? You see, wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful, open theism. And people by the thousands go there. It means a God who doesn't know. He's just like us. He's learning. 
he does not know the end from the beginning. He is not almighty. He is not omniscient. Isn't that wonderful? We have finally brought him down to our level. We are comfortable with him. We don't fall down before him. We don't cry out, want me. I'm undone. And people like to go there because they are never confronted by a holy, almighty, living, infinite, personal God. Now we are not here to entertain you. We are here to declare to you the living God, the infinite God, almighty God. We declare his claims upon you. We declare all people everywhere must repent. We declare that we are sinners. We declare the mercy of God. We declare that you turn your eyes upon Jesus and be saved. That's what we declare. We offer rest for your souls. We are not fooled by your education, your money, your might, your position. We understand human beings as lost sinners, restless, miserable wretches. We offer that rest. Not entertainment, sir. We offer rest. So this morning we want to speak to you the foolishness of the Christian faith. From Hebrews chapter 11, 29 through 31, three verses. And this passage speaks of the faith of Israel in crossing the Red Sea. The faith of Israel that caused the fall of the walls of Jericho. It speaks about the faith of Rahab that secured her salvation. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Not of open theism. Not a milk toast, nothing. Faith comes by hearing God's word proclaimed with authority. Faith is trust in God and his sure word. No one can be saved in any other way than by faith. There is no do-it-yourself salvation. God does the impossible. God and God alone saves sinners. But the truth is, all do not believe in God's word. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. Man makes God's wisdom foolishness. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. The man without the Holy Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to them. Also, God makes man's wisdom foolishness. So we read, who is the wise man? Oh, wise man, who declares open theism. God is just like us. God is also learning. He doesn't know what is going to happen. Why do you go to that church? They have no gospel to save you. You go to that church because you like that God who is as blind as you. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Thanks be to God for opening our eyes to see God's wisdom and our foolishness. Thanks be to God for granting us faith to believe in the foolishness of the gospel and be saved forever. As I said before, the saving faith believes God continuously, not just one time at the beginning. Christian life 
is continuously living by faith in God and in his word. Israel by faith observed the Passover, and now Israel by faith crosses the Red Sea on their way to Canaan. So first, by faith, Israel crossed the Red Sea. Verse 29, faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is not an irrational, subjective hunch. Faith rests securely in God and his particular and specific revelation. So we discover in Exodus 14, Pharaoh has changed his mind. I have discovered people tell me all kinds of things, then they change their mind. Not only unbelievers, believers also. They say Jesus is Lord and they change their mind. They say, I will love you until death puts you apart. They change their mind. They join the church and they change their mind. They agree to bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and they change their mind. God doesn't change his mind. Thank God. I can rest in God. He doesn't change his mind. Don't ever trust a human being who breathes. Pharaoh has changed his mind. He pursues the departing Israelites with all his chariots and well-trained army. Israel got out burning all the bridges. There is no place to go. They cannot go back. Before them is the Red Sea and behind them the Egyptian army with chariots. And we are told they looked, they saw them, and were terrified. And what did they do? They murmured against Moses. Open to Exodus 14. Let's look at beginning with verse 13. Moses is speaking to them as God's prophet. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. That means believe. That's what it means. Stand firm in a God who came to deliver you from Egypt and to take you into a land that flows with milk and honey. It is God's eternal plan. Stand firm. And he says, you will see the Lord's salvation. When? Today, you will see the Lord's salvation. And he says, Egyptians will be totally destroyed. Today, when God comes, he judges and he saves. He judges those who will not believe in him. He saves those who believe in him. And then he says, the Lord will fight for you. He says, only believe. And he says, tell the Israelites what? To go forward. Go forward into the sea. That's right, sir. Go forward. Let me tell you, sir, when God delivers you, he tells you always to go forward. He's not a God of open theism. That is, he, who doesn't understand the problems that you are facing. So he sees the problem. Oh, now go backward. Because I didn't know there was a Red Sea. I didn't know there was a Malachi. There is wilderness. There is Mara. I didn't know there was no food. I didn't know there is a Jordan River. I'm sorry. Let's go back, sir. We don't believe in a church of open theism. God understands all things. He knows the end from the beginning. And he tells them, go forward. And he says to Moses, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide it. That's amazing, isn't it? Have you ever heard anybody dividing the sea by stretching out your hand and giving a signal like this to divide? And it divides. 
And he says, I will gain glory for myself. Exodus 14, verse 4, verse 17, and verse 18, it says, I will gain glory for myself, sir. Jesus Christ gains glory for himself by salvation and by judgment. He gains glory, and you shall not gain glory. He wins all the time he wins. And you read Ephesians 1, verse 6, verse 12, and verse 14, we are to the praise of his glorious grace. Hell is for his glory, and the church is for his glory. And this instruction, brothers and sisters, sounds foolishness. That is the offense of the gospel. Gospel is foolishness. How can Israelites go through the sea? How can God dry up the sea? How can God defeat all the Egyptian army with chariots? How can God win? The truth is, brothers and sisters, the God of these churches are weak nothings. And this question is appropriate as far as their God is concerned. But the God we speak, he's a God of miracles. He created out of nothing the whole world. And he sustains it by the word of his power. And he sustains you by the word of his power. You are breathing because he causes you to breathe. God of Israel is infinite person, creator of heaven and earth. He upholds all creation by the word of his power. Brothers and sisters, saints of God, faith is reasonable when we realize who our God is. All enemies shall fall dead before our God. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that Jesus Christ builds. All obstacles shall be removed when God moves. When God leads, he says, go forward. He never tells us to go backward because of unseen enemies or obstacles. He delivers us from the city of destruction and leads us forward to the city of God. God therefore tells his people what? Go forward. I was here many years ago and we were trying to build this facility and we were having big problems. Nobody wants anything to be built in this place. And God spoke to me from this scripture. Go forward! Go forward! God will deal with all obstacles and we went forward and we are still going forward sir he defeats all our enemies because our enemies are his enemies god spoke to saul of tarsus i am jesus of nazareth whom you persecute saints don't be afraid believe god go forward the lord fights our battles the enemy shall be defeated god wins and enemy loses Read the book of Revelation in its entirety. God wins and his enemies lose. And he made a dry pathway for his people through the Red Sea. And we are told the angel of the Lord came between the Egyptian army and Israel. From the front he moved so that Israel never came in contact with the enemy. God was between them. Let's praise the Lord. There was total darkness for Egyptians and brilliant light for Israel. Oh, what security is for us. 
The enemies cannot touch us without first defeating our God. We are in Christ. We are held up by his hands. Who can snatch us out of Christ's hand and the Father's hands? Neither death nor life or anything else can separate us from God's everlasting love. We are in all these things, Paul says, more than conquerors through him who loved us, loves us, and will love us forever and ever and ever. Fear not, little flock. Only believe God forward through the Red Sea. It shall move for you. The Lord fights our battles always. Enemy is defeated. They are drowned. And we are told not one survived. Let's turn to Exodus 14 and verse 31. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. And verse 30, that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Let us sing unto the Lord, eternal praise. So saints, don't be terrified, believe God. He's the savior, your savior. He solves all our problems. He gives us eternal life. We shall never perish. The enemies cannot touch us. We are in God. Take a look at Exodus 14 and verse 24 and 25. During the last watch, that's the time God fights. It is between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army. Just looked down, that's all. And threw them into confusion. And verse 25 says in the literal Hebrew, he took off the wheels of their chariots. They became stuck in the mud. One look, sir, that's all necessary for him to defeat all our enemies. Go forward, sir. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. This mountain shall be removed, and the sea shall dry up, and the wall shall come down for you. Because you are his. He loves you. Go forward, led by the spirit. Go forward. I said, in the paths of righteousness. I understand. Some of you are walking in your own paths of wickedness, but he never led you there. Psalm 23 says he leads us in the way of what? Righteousness for his name's sake. Turn with me to Isaiah 43. Isaiah himself learned something from this great celebration of dividing the Red Sea, making a pathway for God's people. And this victory is celebrated throughout the scripture. So Isaiah says in 43rd chapter verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. That's right, sir. By faith, saints of God, let us cross all our red seas of life. Second, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell, it says. The king of Jericho heard of the God of Israel who defeated the king of Egypt. 
The king of Jericho heard how the king of Israel recently defeated utterly the Amorite kings of Sihon and Og. Yet he thinks he will not be defeated. Yet he refuses to surrender and sue for peace. Oh, he's very sure to defeat the God of Israel. Just like arrogant people of today. Jericho is the gateway city to Canaan. It has fresh water. It has stored up enough food. The king is sure to defeat Yahweh. So we read in Joshua 6 verse 1, the city was tightly shut up. The city is impregnable. Jerichoites are on a war mode. Turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 6, and listen to the gospel. That sounds foolish and silly to the fools. Six, Joshua 6, beginning with verse 2, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. No battering rams, nothing. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then here is the gospel. Then the wall of the city will collapse and all the people will go up every man straight in. That's the gospel. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The one who was crucified, buried and raised from the dead. You'll be saved. It's foolishness. To those who are what, sir? perishing but was it is the power of God unto eternal salvation so let's take a look at analyze this so it's a procession an armed guard goes first forward followed by seven priests blowing ram's horns meaning of that is it is announcing the arrival of the king of kings to fight against the king of Jericho he's coming and then the central feature of this march, the Ark of the Covenant carried by priests. In fact, the Ark is mentioned here nine times. So you understand the central significance. God is with us. And the rear guard followed the Ark. And they circled once the city each of the first six days. On the seventh day, they are to circle the city seven times. At the seventh circling of the seventh day, the priests sounds a trumpet blast as a signal for all people to shout and they anticipate the walls to crumble no sound of the people until the seventh the circling of the seventh day and the promise is what I have delivered the city for you and when you shout the walls will come down the walls shall collapse. These towering walls which Joshua was inspecting. What shall we do with the towering walls? Then comes the commander of the army of Israel. Said, I have come as the commander of the army of Israel. I will handle it, sir. This gospel sounds foolish. I'm sure the Jerichoites looked and they started laughing. Look at these fools. They do nothing. They are just marching around. Yet it was the wisdom of God. Believe, brothers, and be saved. By faith, they strictly obeyed the directions 
Finally, the trumpet sounded and the people shouted and the walls came tumbling down. God, brothers and sisters, those who are arrogant, I tell you one thing about this God. He is a warrior. And he comes as the commander of the army of Israel. He fights, he wins every battle. Who are you, silly man? who stands against the infinite personal almighty God in your arrogance. You shall fall as the walls fell in due course. Not even the gates of hell shall prevail against him and his people. The ark is with us. God is with us. He always wins. Are you with him? Then he is with you. And you shall enjoy his victory. Believe and all walls shall fall down and you shall go forward to victory. Remember what David said, with God's help I can advance against a troop. With my God I can scale a wall. Third, by faith we are told Rahab was saved. Rahab was a Gentile. She was a woman. She was a secular prostitute. The city prostitute, the city madam of the city of Jericho. The amazing thing is she was saved from destruction by grace. And Paul tells us where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Let's praise God for that. No difference. Jew, Gentile, slave, free. No difference. God saves all. Whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I tell you the truth that tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. She was saved because she welcomed the two spies, hid them and sent them away safe. She welcomed the spies because she believed in the God of Israel and his saving power. Matthew 10 verse 40 tells us, he who welcomes you welcomes me, and he who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. She welcomed, she believed, she trusted. The interesting thing is no one preached the gospel to this woman. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 2. No one preached the gospel to her. She gleaned the gospel from the news she gathered 40 years before. And in recent times, news concerning the God of Israel and his triumph. Chapter 2 of Joshua, verse 10 and 11. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og. Verse 11, we have heard of it. Our hearts melted. Faith comes by hearing the gospel, the triumph of God. And then look at verse 9. She believed. I know that the Lord has given this land to you. She believed. I know. And verse 11, she confessed. It says, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Jericho worshipped the moon God. And she is saying, not the moon God, the God of Israel. He's the true God. God who created the heavens and the earth. The infinite person, almighty God, who defeated the Egyptians, and so on. God Almighty, not an open theism God. God Almighty, 
and God omniscient. She confessed. And she prayed, look at verse 12 and 13. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness. Notice, she's asking for mercy. Not anything else. She knows she's a wicked sinner. I want mercy, that's all. To my family, because I have shown kindness to you, give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us. From what, sir? Death. Salvation is from eternal damnation. And her prayer answered. Beginning with verse 14, it says, Our lives for your lives. The men assured her, If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the lamb. So she let them down by a rope through the window. Verse 17, the man said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and your family into your house and so on. And she obeyed. Faith obeys. Faith obeys, sir. If you don't obey God, you have no saving faith. She tied the scarlet cord, collected all her family, remained in her house, and turned to chapter 6, beginning with verse 22. Right after the collapse of the walls of Jericho, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out, and all who belong to her in accordance with the oath, your oath to her. God saved her. Jesus said, Matthew 11, verse 12, kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent takes it by force. Now, don't misinterpret. It means saving faith. People are saved. You knock at the door. Ask. Seek. Knock. In the Greek, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. The door shall be opened. Not weak, nothing. And I was training myself to be a salesperson. And I became top 10 of 3,000. And they told us, when you go, you walk straight up to the house and keep knocking with some strength so that people will come <laughs> and open it for you. Don't go do this business. Violent takes it by force. Blind Bartimaeus was told to shut up. Who cares for a stinking poor, blind, miserable person on the roadside begging. And she said, no deal. Cried louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon us. Kept on crying. And a miracle took place which is greater than the miracle of sun stood still. Jesus stood. Jesus stood. And called blind Bartimaeus. He comes. What do you want? I want sight. You have it. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent, the forceful, take it. The Syrophoenician woman, remember, another Gentile. And Jesus said, your great faith is great. She wouldn't go. She was there. I'm not going to go. There is only one Savior, and that is Jesus. My daughter is in big trouble. And Jesus said, you are a dog. Jesus said, the bread is for, not for dogs. She said, I am a dog, but I have to live. Oh, how great is your faith. God saved her child. And I believe Rahab's faith was also great faith. Brothers and sisters, gospel comes to nobodies. And not somebodies. Somebodies are passed over. And the gospel comes to, sir, nobodies. So St. Paul says, 
Others think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you are wise or by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God, thank God, this is my passage. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. And the things that are not means big zeros in your estimation. To nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Gospel comes to nobodies. Gospel comes to those who believe. All Jerichoites heard the gospel as Rahab had heard, but they refused to believe. They refused to surrender to the king of kings. They did not believe. They were disobedient. So turn to that verse 1131 of Hebrews. It says this, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And Rahab married Prince Salmon of Judah. And Rahab became the mother of Boaz, who married Ruth, and Boaz became the grandfather of David. Thus Rahab, the pagan prostitute, found a place in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. God honor, honored her amazing race. Shall we rise? Let me ask you a few questions. Brothers and sisters, we all face great fiery trials of faith in our life. Nobody can escape it. Second, we may be terrified by these trials at first. Third, but God is with us in all our trials. Fourth, he is before us, he is behind us, he is around us, he is for us, he is in us, and we are in him. That spells security. Number five, our God fights our battles. He's a warrior. War is his business. That's why it is said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he wins every war. He gains glory. Number six, let the Egyptian army pursue us. Let the wall of Jericho be tightly shut. No problem. Number seven, God says to us, go forward. The Red Sea shall split open to make a dry path for us. The walls of Jericho shall fall when God is with us. And we shall go forward through all battles to our celestial city. Do not fear, trust God and his promises. God cannot lie or die. All his promises shall be fulfilled. Only believe and he will raise us up on the last day. Number eight, God's ways are different from our ways. So Isaiah tells us this, and it is good to know when you think something is foolishness. Here it is. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yeah, God's ways are different, but they work salvation for us. To the fools, God's ways are foolishness. To us, it is the power of God. So he says, go forward through the sea. He says, shout, and the walls shall fall. Let me read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It tells us, beginning with verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We lean not unto our own understanding, sir. We don't go unto Hagar and produce Ishmael and call it God's son of promise. We don't do that, sir. 
the weapons of we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every cap captive, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. God is not dependent on natural laws. Jesus walks on water. Virgin conceives, dead are raised up. Iron floats, water becomes wine. Sea divides and becomes walls of water on the right and on the left. Number 10, God saves and judges for his glory. He is determined to gain glory for himself through salvation and judgment. So brothers and sisters, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Our faith in this God and in his word is the victory that overcomes the world. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for opening our eyes. We thought you are foolish and your gospel was foolish. Lord, the truth is we were foolish. You are wise, you are great, you are almighty, you are omniscient, you are moral, and we are sinners. Under the wrath of God, and you opened our eyes, we cried out to God as Rahab did, and you saved us. You showed us mercy. We are saved forever. We are yours. We are in you. God is in us. We are in your hand, oh God. Hallelujah. We are secure. God is for us. God is in us. God is with us. God is in front of us. God is behind us. God is around us. Hallelujah. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of the sermon, The Foolishness of the Christian Faith. Come back soon for more transforming teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.